Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Fantastic. How good was that? How many of you think we've got the best church in the world? Come on. When you just give your, your neighbour a kiss, they're looking pretty spunky. Oh, there were some awkward moments just then. People looked to their left and their right and they went, oh, do I kiss or <laughs> do I high five? <laughs> awesome. Take your seats. Thanks, guys. Thanks, team. We love you. You are amazing. Well, it's good to be in church. Amen. And I uh, just looking about this morning, I'm a bit blessed because uh, some of my awesome old youth members are here today and uh for those of you who don't know, Luke, Luke and I ran a youth ministry for 10 years, um, and some of those youth members were with us for 10 years and are here today. Tina, you're awesome. Rach was part of the furnish work as well, and uh, it's good to have you guys. Maddie, Maddie from Melbourne, it's good to see you guys. How you doing? Yeah. How you all doing this morning? <laughs> Who's ready for the word? Amen. Fantastic. It's been a busy week. How many of you agree? As it leads closer to Christmas, it seems to get busier and busier. There's parties, there's festivities, there's celebrations, there's birthdays, there's anniversaries, there's church, there's shows. There's a lot going on. And it seems every year, I say to Luke, it gets busier. I swear it's getting busier as every year goes on, and I'm sure it's not meant to be this busy. Is life meant to be this busy? And uh, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, I don't know, but we just roll with it and we love it as it happens anyway, amen. I love parties, I love this time of year, it's festive, it's joyous, it's jolly. I mean, just look at Maddie, that's jolly right there. There's a whole lot of jolly just happening in that chair right there. Beck, you are a blessed woman. Ah, uh, sorry to pick on you, Maddie. I just, oh, she's grateful. I'm sure she is. <laughs> I'm sure she is. Look, I really felt as I was pre- preparing this message, um, as we near Christmas time, you know, just looking about the shops and, and the decorations, all oh, this time of year just brings so much joy. And, and I, I started just praying about, Lord, what is it that you want me to speak on today? And I really felt the message of hope is something that, that God dropped into my spirit to really touch on today and to really share around. Because hope deferred, the Bible tells us, makes the heart sick. And in all this joyous time leading up to Christmas, how many of you know there's a lot of people that, are, that aren't in that joyous place, that aren't in that hopeful space, that aren't in that celebratory mood? Because for this time of year, for a lot of families, it brings a lot of heartache. It brings a lot of strenuous financial strain. It brings not so much hope, but hopelessness. And you know, as Christians, I really believe in the day and age that we live in, we need to understand the power of the message of hope that we carry. In fact, it's the only reason that we should get up in the morning, sorry, it should be the number one reason we get up in the morning is because of the message of hope that we carry is what drives us. It's what motivates us. It's what gets us to church every Sunday. It's what sees our our young people get risen and, and, and grown up in the Christian faith is that message of hope. So I want to share around hope today. Oh, look at that picture, Benny. That's awesome. Thanks, Benny. You're a legend. All right. 
Let's go to the start of my message. Cannot believe we are at the end of the year. I don't know if you know, but I feel like I've blinked and we're in December. <laughs> I only feel like it was like, you know, two months ago that we were all piling in for the last Christmas show. And here we are again next weekend. Where did that year go? Uh, but I've got to admit, it is a great time of year and I love this time of year. Christmas, a time of celebration, family, good food. Hallelujah, probably too much food in many occasions. Food comas seem to be the result of parties that just keep going on and on and on. And you know what? Most of all, to celebrate the birth of our Saviour. It brings fresh hope, hope of a greater life found in Him, hope of a more blessed life found in Him, hope of an eternal life found in Him. Fresh hope, the hope of the world that came to earth to ensure that you and I, that mankind alike, that every single person walking this planet could be redeemed and back in relationship with God, the creator, the one who created us and breathed his breath of life into us. I love this time of year. And Christmas has always been, it seems, a time of peace on earth joy to the world, and good to all mankind. I don't know, but people seem to be a little bit nicer at Christmas. A bit more. <laughs> Lauren's been to the Sunshine Plaza. She's, uh, no, they're not. They are worse. <laughs> but what would Christmas look like without the message of hope? And I stopped for a minute and asked myself that question. What would Christmas look like without this message of hope? What would it bring? At Christmas, people want to have a happy holiday, but it seems with no religious intrusion. Carols are slowly losing their meaning. Crosses and nativity scenes are being replaced with Santa and elves and candy canes. And it seems that the message of hope about Christmas time is slowly getting silent. And yet on the other hand, I feel like it is such a prime time where the message of hope ought to be louder than ever before because of the destruction that the world that we are seeing all over the world at the moment is quite evident. It's quite evident, people, that we are living in the times that are ending and that the Saviour, the King of the King and the Lords of Lords is going to come again. And I don't know about you, but that excites me because that gives me a bit of a passion and a hope afresh to get the message out there. The people that are living out there without any hope can understand that there is a message of hope, that this life is not about this life, that this life is a smidgen in the spans of eternity, and that when we go to eternity, we can live forever celebrating and rejoicing together. It's the message of hope that needs to go forth, and we carry it. The Bible says that we're Christ's ambassadors, chosen to do good works, Here on earth, it's our job. What would Christmas look like without this hope? Another holiday, another spending spree. Now, I looked up hope in the Wikipedia and it said this. (laughs) Miss T, you proud of me? (laughs) Uh, Thesaurus. 
Hope is an optimistic attitude of mind based on an expectation of positive outcome related to events and circumstances in one's life or at world at large. So it's an optimistic attitude of mind based on an expectation of a positive outcome. It's what hope is. It's what the, the dictionary tells us. But what would this life look like if we didn't have hope? Why is hope so important? And does it really matter what we have hope in? And as I was preparing this message, these questions dropped into my spirit and it challenged me. What would my life look like without hope? Because I, like you, do you have to deal with everyday situations? Life stuff that creeps up, that can get on top of us. And every time life seems to have got on top of me or a challenge has come my way, it gets to me, but it doesn't direct me. And I believe that the hope we have in Christ is a thing that directs us. Even though storms come and, and batter us around and challenge us, and, and sometimes we think, God, where are you in the picture? It doesn't defer us off the hope we have in Christ, the Savior that came. He, he died three days later, rode again, rose again, and destroyed the enemy's grip over mankind. That's the hope that I carry. That's the hope that I have. What if my hope was in Santa at Christmas time? What would that look like? Now, I don't know about you, but Santa's getting busier every year because homes are getting built every year. And I think it's like, you know, uh, if you look at the statistics, Santa's, it's the speed of light, like to the point six, whatever. It's ridiculous. And I thought, what would my life look like if my hope was in Santa? And it wouldn't look good. <laughs> I'm just going to say it there now. It'd be momentary. And it made me realize for a second that one of the enemy's strategic plans, I believe, is for us to put our hope in momentary things. In things that come and, and, we, get, and we get that feel-good feeling. We think, yes, I'm going to put my hope in that. But then it fades away. That's why it's so important that our anchor of hope has to be in him. The hope of the world. The saviour. We're witnessing today the devastation that this life looks like without hope. We are witnessing it firsthand. Statistics tell us that in 2003, in Australia alone, 1,885 males and 637 females took their life by suicide. That's a total of two and a half thousand deaths, which on average is about seven deaths per day just in Australia. Now, I don't know about you, Christian friend, but man, that fires me up. Because that's a life lived without hope. Or that's a life that's been birthed into this life. And God says that he's come to give us life and life more abundant. But that is the enemy robbing hope out of somebody's life. To the point that they can't see another day. They can't see hope beyond their next step. To the point that they have taken their own life. 
And I worked with youth with Luke for so long and we saw the devastation it had on young people that were living without hope. They lived in this bubble and this cloud of, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. In my year 12 grade alone, before we graduated, we had two of our very close friends take their own life. Before we graduated. And it rocked us as a year 12 grade. It rocked us. And there were tears and, and, and it, was, it was incredible to see the lack of hope within that devastating moment. And I thought, no, this is not what we were born for. God came to give us life and life more abundantly. We were created in his image, the Bible said. We have purpose. We have hope. We have destiny. And if the enemy can do anything, he will rob that by whatever means or form that he can. God came to live life and life more abundantly. There are so many people out there today, perhaps in your own world right now, that are living without hope. Look at them. They smile, but their eyes are empty. They talk, but the melody's left their voice. So many that put their brave face on daily and they wake up and they take up on a day, but internally are feeling incredibly hopeless. I want to be in the gap and build a relationship with those people. I'm like, God, bring those people into my life. Let, let me rub shoulders with them. Let me help them. Let me encourage them. Let me love them. Because I've got a message and I know what you've done for me and I want to be able to share that with them. That, that this life that they're living doesn't need to, to eke and, and, and push forth every day thinking, oh, I don't know if I can make tomorrow. That they would wake up and go, yes, praise God, it's another day, despite the storm that might be blowing around about us. Proverbs 13, 12 says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Christian friend, hear me today. This is for us as Christians as well. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Perhaps you're in here today and you have been praying and praying and praying and praying and praying for something and the outcome still hasn't happened. I'm here to tell you, God is a God of hope. Do not give up today. The message of hope has not changed. When that baby came into the world in that manger that we will celebrate in a couple of weeks, that, that message, they were waiting for the Savior to come. They were waiting. They couldn't believe it. The Messiah, God himself, had come to earth. They knew he was going to deliver them out of bondage, out of captivity, out of the sin that was ensnaring them. That message back there has not changed today. Jesus Christ came to give us hope, to give us a message that life is not just about waking up, living 80 years, dying. This is a taste of eternity, people, a taste of what eternity looks like. And I want to celebrate now before I get to eternity. I want to get that message out there now before people have to enter eternity. Amen? As Christians, as followers of Christ, we don't have to live without hope. We don't have to get into those hopeless situations. Now hear me, storms come and challenges do come and we do find ourselves sometimes feeling quite hopeless. Challenges do that to us. Hebrews 10 verse 23 tells me this. Maybe you're in that place this morning and I want to share this scripture and I want to speak it over you and I want to speak it to myself as well. 
Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold tightly without wavering. Let us hold tightly. Our responsibility to hold on to. I can't hold on to Amanda's hope tightly. She's got to hold on to it herself. Let us hold on, uh, hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Amen. He can be trusted to keep his promise. What's his promise to you today? What's his promise for your family? What's he promised for your business? God can be trusted. Let's not waver. Let's hold on tight to the message of hope that we have, to the promises that God's given us. Our hope isn't in luck, like winning the lottery. Praise the Lord. No, it's the confidence that God will do what he says. That's what our hope is. The confidence that God will do what he said. Sharon, I just really believe, and this is a word for you, and I really felt this word very strongly, and as I saw you walk in today, that the hope that's been robbed from your world is going to come back 100-fold, and that you will be a voice. And in the loss and devastation that you've experienced, that God was going to use that message now, and what the enemy has planned for destruction and evil, God is going to turn it around and use it for good. And that you are going to see many come to Christ, and that you are going to be a pillar of strength. But God says, grieve and grieve in me, and know that my loving arms are wrapped around you right now, and that he loves you with an everlasting love. And I just really believe that hope that has been robbed is coming back 100-fold. The Lord says, trust me on this and know that I love you. For some of you today, you need to put your hope again, afresh and new in God and his promises for you. He loves you. He loves us. And at Christmas time, we get to celebrate that love that was personified through his son. Through his son. Now, if there was anyone in the Bible that we read about who had every reason to lose their hope, it was King David. It was David. And you read through Scripture about David and the storms that, that crept up in David's face. If there was anyone who'd had a revelation of the truth of God and knew God's promises for his life, it was David. If we read through Scripture, he had every reason to lose hope and to walk away. Just to, to briefly recap over the story, and we won't go into it for the sake of time, but Samuel anoints David to be Israel's next king. But you know, he waited seven years before he took the throne. He had to flee for his life, dwell and hide in caves, surrounded by enemies. He witnessed Israel's devastation. His friends killed, his friends were killed, sorry, and his family was taken captive. And all the while, his heart was anchored in the confidence that God had promised, and he was going to stand on that promise for his life. He never wavered, he never threw in the towel. Faith with, faced with circumstances that would wipe many of us out today, he sang 
In Psalm 39 and verse 7, my hope is in you. Weeping may endure for a night. This is what David writes in the Psalms. In Psalm 30 verse 5, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I can tell you something now. That was a decision David made to confess that hope out despite the way he was feeling. Friend, I guarantee he was challenged, burdened by a lot of what was going on in his life, but he still wrote some of the most amazing Psalms that we read today on hope that my hope is in you, that my trust is in you. And if you read through the Psalms, he begins by saying, woe to me and oh God, where are you? But he always finishes his Psalms with, but my hope is in you, my trust is in you, my eyes are on you, I love you, Lord. I love King David. His heart song was, my hope is in you. It can only, and it's only going to get better. You can't lose with an attitude like that, amen? I want an attitude like David. David became king because he never lost confidence in the promise of God for his life. They kept him focused. That hope kept him on top of the circumstances surrounding him. And he kept going. What has God promised you? I really feel like some of you today need to stand on his word. And declare, God, you promised it. I believe it. That settles it. You need to write that down. We need shirts. God promised it. I believe it. That settles it. And you just remind the enemy where he is. He's under our feet. You put him back in his proper place today. God's promised it. I believe it. That settles it. Oh, I'm getting shirts. That's cool. Now, I don't know about you, but this time of year, like Lauren's experience at the Sunshine Plaza, brings a lot of jolly spirit amongst shoppers. <laughs> Trolleys seem to be more forceful. <laughs> Cuddles seem to be more evident amongst believers. <laughs> Pushing, shoving. It's quite amusing. And I find it amusing walking into the Sunshine Plaza or the Civic and places where they've got carols blaring in the background. And you've got shoppers jollying along to carols as they shop. And it's quite funny. You hear it all. And shoppers merrily singing along with the tunes. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Away in a manger. You can just go on and, oh, come, oh, ye faithful. (laughs) Joy to the world. (laughs) It goes on and on and on. Listen to what they are singing. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Emmanuel, God is with us. These are the carols that they are singing out. And yet the meaning of what they're singing is completely going... It seems as the years roll by, more and more people want to keep the peace and the joy and the goodwill of the holiday season alive, but avoid all religious references. And it's the very reason love, hope, joy, and peace exist. And if you challenge anybody to go back to the root of why we celebrate Christmas, you won't get an argument. Because all they will find is the birth of the Savior that was given to the world. The hope of the world. They want the mass. 
but they won't, don't want the Christ in front of it. They want a big giant mass. How many of you know how boring that would be without a bit of Christ in front of it? It would be like Veterans Day without any veterans, any mention of veterans or war or death or the sacrifice that they made. You know, or the American community celebrating Martin Luther King Day without mentioning Martin Luther at all. Just enjoy a holiday. It would seem so foolish. But it so burdens my heart. Because the joy and the peace and the goodwill literally flow from the reason for the season. It is about Jesus. On the many walls of the shopping centers, you'll see decorations stating, joy to the world. But then it stops. And that describes our world today. Joy to the world. We want all the glitz and the glamour and the good stuff life could offer us, but we don't want anything that, that pertains to the Christ afterward, the, the hope. And it only comes with the next line, joy to the world. The Lord has come. Jesus is God's greatest gift to humanity. And he came to us. What a profound truth. John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. You know that word perish doesn't mean for eternity. There are people walking out here now that are perishing. Why? Because they don't have any hope. That's the perishing part of God's father heart. He doesn't want anybody to perish. What? He doesn't want anybody to lose hope. Hope in him, hope in the, in the gift that he gave of himself, his only son. What would Christmas look like without the message of hope? God promised to send his people a Messiah, a saviour, a deliverer. Christmas should remind us, that might remind us that this promise was fulfilled in the birth of Jesus Christ. I find it very appropriate that Jesus came, who was the hope of the world, in the form of an infant. Because babies are hope personified. They're pure potential. They're not born as a carpenter. They develop into one. They're not born as a teacher. They're not born as a preacher. They're not born as a football player. They develop and grow and journey into one. Don't you find it amazing that God chose to send his son in the form of an infant to be cared for by a human couple? who didn't have it all together, who were an egg short of a dozen. Come on, thank the Lord that he was raised with imperfect parents. Hallelujah. Their lives are full of future. And I know that there wouldn't be a mother or father who hasn't looked at the face of their newborn and wondered, wow, what's this little fella, what's this little lady going to become? A doctor saving lives, a lawyer pursuing justice, an engineer, a painter, a ballerina, an astronaut, an athlete. And I love the story of Christmas because Mary had even more hope and maternal pride than most. Why? Because the previous year she had been visited by an angel. 
That never happened to me prior to my three births. I wished it had. That year previous, Gabriel comes to her and says, in Luke 1, 31 and 33, you will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus and he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. This promise to Mary was echoed with a prophecy to Isaiah. Seven centuries earlier, read this in Isaiah verse nine, uh, chapter 9 and verse 6 and 7. For us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from the time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The zeal, the passion. Am I always this passionate? No. I'm just like you. And life stuff and situation, but my anchor is in the hope of Christ. And please, church, today, if you could leave with anything, it would be the message of hope. Relit in your life again to go out there and share it with others. Invite them to our Christmas service next week. If you're challenged to share your faith, get them in the house of God and let someone else do it. And you just play, oh, I didn't know they were going to do that. (laughs) Wow. Come on. When Jesus was born, God made it clear that this baby was the one from whom the world had been waiting for and watching and hoping and praying and believing for a savior, a deliverer, a king. Could you just imagine for a minute the joy that filled Mary and Joseph's heart as they looked down at their tiny son, wrapped in in cloth, lying in an ordinary manger, filled with straw, surrounded by cows and sheep and donkeys. What hope in knowing that this child was the one in whom all of God's promises would be filled. Wow. Knowing that he was the one in whom God's people would find forgiveness of sin. The one in whom they would find true and lasting peace. The one in whose power would establish an eternal kingdom of justice and righteousness. It must have been almost overwhelming as they considered the awesome responsibility God had given them. And I mention all this this morning as we close. Because it highlights the fact that Christianity, our walk in Christ, is a walk of hope, friend. It is a walk of faith and hope. It is a faith that looks forward to the future, to the time when God's promises will fully be fulfilled. But until then, we get to journey with His promises continually being fulfilled in our lives. Amen? And that was true for God's people prior to Jesus' birth. As they looked forward to the birth of the promised Messiah, it was, the tr- uh, it was true for Mary and Joseph as they looked down at their son, knowing 
that the time for the fulfillment of God's promises had come. Wow. Our faith and our hope is in a future-focused faith and hope. And it's the confidence of knowing God promised it and I believe it. So that settles it. Can I encourage you this morning as we approach Christmas, let's remember this word, Emmanuel. God with us. He is not in heaven on his throne with lightning bolts ready to strike us down. God himself was personified in his son, Jesus Christ, who dwells in our heart. He walks with us daily. By his spirit, we are comforted. We are loved. We are encouraged. We are led. God with us, Emmanuel, the hope of the world. Can I ask you afresh this morning, is he your hope? Is he your hope? I know he's my hope. And I want him to be the hope of every person out there, every person I come in contact with. As we stand this morning, I just want to encourage you, just for a moment, while every eye is closed and Lauren just plays quietly in the background as we close, just afresh, ask yourself the question, is God my hope? Is Christ my hope? And perhaps today, You just feel like there's areas in your life where you feel like hope has been robbed. And it's a real challenge to believe and have confidence afresh in God's Word because that hope has been robbed a little bit. And this morning as we close, I'm just going to spend some time in prayer if you want to come forward. And, And together we would agree that God would just freshly anoint you with His hope again in your heart. And just while every eye is closed, if you don't know God in this place this morning and you've come in and, and, and you've just like, I've never heard something like this before. I'll never forget when I was 18 years of age, I was asked this question, would you like to, to get to know God? Would you like to invite Him into your life? And I thought, yeah, I want to know what it's all about. I want to encourage you this morning, if that's you in this place, you want to ask God into your heart. Say, Lord, I, I don't know it all, but I'd like to get to know you. Just while every eye is closed, if that's you in this place, I'm going to pray for you right where you are. I want you to slip your hand up and say, yeah, could you play that prayer with me, Michelle? I'd like to ask God into my heart. Well, every Christian is praying in this place today. If you want to ask God into your life, or perhaps you know your walk is so far from the hope of Christ and you've wavered and you've let go of that hope and you know you're on the skirts of a relationship with God. You're on the fringes, you're on the edge. And you feel this morning that God is just asking you into relationship with Him afresh this morning. Your heart is going flat out and you know, you know that you know that God is asking you to enter into that fresh relationship today. Just while every eye is closed, I wanna pray with you right where you're at. Slip your hand up and say, yeah, Michelle, I need to pray that prayer afresh. I need to prioritize God as number one in my life again. Awesome, I see that hand. Anybody else this morning? Thank you, Lord. Would you just pray this prayer with me? And in fact, let's all pray it together. God, thank you for loving me so much that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for my sin. I give you my life afresh today. And I ask that you would help me walk this walk with fresh faith and fresh hope in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Just as we close in worship.
Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.